Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. One, one more time. Your, say your name. Hi, my name is Ben. Okay. So, let's see. One thing uh, I was finding out a little bit about Ben uh, earlier uh, in the day, and uh, let's see, very passionate about nature and the environment. I heard that you were on radio when you were like 13 or 14 and uh, championing the environment. That's 16. 16. Oh, okay, good. And uh, went to Brandeis, graduate, uh, went yeah. to Brandeis University, went to um, Asia, went to Thailand, and uh, was traveling around in Asia for about four years or so. Uh, and during that time was when uh, the, the symptoms of the Lyme disease, which is sometimes also, they're not sure if it's just Lyme disease and Parkinson-like symptoms or Parkinson and Lyme disease or whatever, that started to manifest. And uh, since around 2005, um, it's, it's, it's gotten full bloom. And, uh, and now, uh, he's been, you've been taking some medication in recent times, and that's been uh, helpful and supportive as well. Strange and supportive is more like it. Strange and supportive, okay. So I think I'll just uh, leave it at that, other than to say that uh, <coughs> it's really nice to have you here and uh, want, uh, want to share you with the group, want to share the group with you. And as I, I said and shared this with, with Ben, um, th- this is a different kind of presentation, and we are going to also... See, uh, see some of of Ben uh, as a musician because w- the monastery just got some high tech stuff. And there's is the screen going to magically come down from it? So uh, yeah, Ben's on YouTube and and like that. So we we get to uh, go high tech tonight as well, and uh, and it's it's a different kind of evening where we really get to see somebody who we might not otherwise um, know who's in there. And um, uh, I think it's good for us as well as for you to make your acquaintance. So I'll just turn it over to you. As you know, I have Parkinson's and Lyme, which are seriously disabling my body, my brain, and my speech. So I will speak as much as I can, and I may whisper to James for him to speak louder, or perhaps even hand him things to read if my voice fails altogether. I'll start with the most important thing. Sense of humor. 
I'm funny. You're funny. And what's funniest of all is how we all take ourselves so seriously. Don't let my frozen face fool you. That's the Parkinson's thing, this serpentine face. Groucho Marx said, if you don't have a sense of humor, it's just not funny. <laughs> and I try to remind myself of that when I'm having tough days. So, <clears throat> partly what I want to say is that I'm not special. I'm a regular guy who frequently feels overwhelmed by my particular challenges. Yet somehow, while experiencing intense daily unremitting physical disability, pain, tension, and emotional grief, and the emotional thing has actually been shifting somewhat recently. When I wrote this originally, I said despair, but it hasn't—it hasn't been despair recently. It's more like mild to intense overwhelm, depending on the day. I feel like I've discovered something about my inherent connection with life through all this. It's a little hard to put into words, but I just, I like this word dignity. So I feel like I'm more connecting to my own dignity somehow. I did meditation practice in my 20s. I did a lot of meditation for a few years and some long retreats and that that has helped me somewhat helped me a lot actually in this in this process um This disease is really interesting because it's <clears throat> it's ground me to a halt in in physical and in increasingly in in brain functioning too. I've been very gung ho in my life. I was very physically active. Jumped into things. I ran ultra marathons. In my teens, 
ran 50 miles once. Yes, that's 5-0, not 1-5. Um, and when I moved to Boston to go to college, I applied to several schools and jumped on a plane in the middle of winter. I'd never been to the East Coast in the winter. I froze my tush off. <laughs> and when I went to Thailand, I bought a ticket and got on a plane. And that was, that was really, that was kind of the edge of my ability to, well, I lived in, I lived in, I, I was already getting some symptoms when I left for Asia. And I kind of powered through them and didn't really take them seriously. And then I lived in, mostly Thailand, but in a few different South Asian countries for about three and a half years, mostly without caregivers. So it was incredibly intense in, in those cultures and in those circumstances with being on my own. I felt, felt really alive. And it was the greatest adventure of my life. And it was... It was Yes, yeah, I'm going to ask James to read my, as you can see, I'm clenching my teeth, and it's probably time for my meds, right? Mm-hmm. I'll take them now. The meds, as I said, they're helpful but strange. They make me clench my teeth. They allow me to speak to you, which I wasn't, wouldn't have been able to do six months ago. And they... They come on with a kick, like coffee on steroids, and they, and they, and when they when they fade, there's this intense wave of exhaustion, sometimes nausea. It just feels like the, the rug just gets ripped out from under you, and you're just falling. So, this is a very personal, very intimate, and I'll let you decide for yourself what you think of it about the reality of being neurologically disabled in Thailand and Laos. Vignette using the toilet in Vientiane, Laos. Shortly after my ride sputtered across the Friendship Bridge into Laos, with me riding in the back of the ancient dilapidated tuk-tuk, I really had to use the john. Navigating narrow, dusty lanes between tiny shops, I asked the locals, first in English, then in Thai, I didn't speak any Lao, where I might find a bathroom. One of the shopkeepers pointed down one of the alleys between the shops. I got the feeling that there was no public bathrooms, but that the locals had sized me up, decided I was good-hearted, and were sharing their personal bathroom with me. I was scared to go down the alley at first, because the people were obviously very poor, and I was a little afraid they might try to rob me. 
but it was broad daylight and I had had numerous experiences of economically impoverished locals in Thailand treating me with kindness. So I decided that I was going to trust the locals here in Laos not to rob me while I was using the bathroom. So I walked into the bathroom, a typical one for that part of the world, that is, a room containing a pool full of water next to a squat toilet. A squat toilet is a porcelain thing with a small hole in the bottom. It is set in the floor, so unlike Western toilets, you don't sit on it, but rather squat over it, with one foot on each side of the hole. Inside this particular bathroom, the floor and half the walls were predominantly dirt. Everything was covered with tropical clay dust. I searched in vain for a place to set my backpack where I would, it wouldn't get covered with dust. Then began the difficult and painstaking struggle to get my backpack off, my pants unclipped and down, my body squatting in position over the hole. Then the further moment-to-moment challenge with shaking hands and a body slow to respond of going to the bathroom while squatting without making a mess or soiling my clothes. In addition, they don't use toilet paper in this kind of bathroom. The way you clean yourself is by filling a small plastic bowl in the pool of water and then splashing the water on your underside until clean. What this means for someone in my neurological condition is an extra 30 to 45 minutes of squatting, all the while navigating this bowl to do the cleaning without soiling my clothing in the process. All in all, from the time I entered the bathroom to the time I left, it was at least two hours. As I walked back the dusty, down the dusty alley and emerged in front of the shops, I noticed the local smiling at me with a look that meant, are you okay? And what were you doing in there? I realized that only their cultural politeness had prevented them from checking up on me a long time before. That's all. Thank you, James. It's fine. Yeah, so... The questions that I'm... They're coming up frequently now because this... Because I've been rushing through life, not stopping to enjoy it. I've been been a classic workaholic driving myself long hours and because I've lived that way I haven't I'm 41 now I got this disease when I was 31 it's been increasing in intensity for the last 10 years I've never really settled into well the questions are who am I really What am I here to create? What do I have to give to the world that is uniquely me? And I've never addressed those questions properly because I was always rushing with a physically strong body. So it's it's a weird paradox that I'm ground to a halt by this disease and I'm slowly with this 
body that won't respond well at all now, addressing those questions. So, right now, the things that seem the most important are creating music and building meaningful friendships. And I've been very isolated in my life for a long time. And so I'm actively reaching out to make new friends and build community at this point. And I thank you for listening. I'm not done. That doesn't mean I'm done. Just thank you for listening. Yeah. So, I think this would be a good time to do a little music. Yeah. Yeah. Here's uh, James from the monastery who is helping us out. And this, by the way, this is Robbie, uh, Ben's caregiver, who um, you must be an amazing blessing in this guy's life. So uh, I'm inspired by you being up here and the way you are serving. It stops at some point. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking the same thing as an us in the head. <laughs> yeah. Not enough adrenaline. Let's bring it down more.
these. So I have a short window tiny state when I can make music and talk. So I'm using that now for this. second video and part of the part of the third as well just a couple of minutes of each Thank you. 
Yeah, that's what my computer does too. We'll do just a few more moments and then come back. If he wants to, we can go to the third one. Yeah, it's, if you want to skip that one and go to the third one, start in the middle and just do a, a couple minutes. Party. I got food poisoning, 
lying in the bed upstairs, clutching my stomach as the New Year's bell tolled, as the New Year's bell tolled. I recall the awesome power of roaring lightning. I just want to give you a sense of it. The, the complete versions are on YouTube. So I have papers with my email address in the, my YouTube channel that you can grab a copy of at the end if you want to listen to the full. I'm just going to skip around and read a couple lines from Golden Things just to give you a sense of it. I want to say that my, I live my life with ease, that I'm tough and strong, but I really do mind the pain in my hips. That's my constant companion, and the shaking and trembling and utter exhaustion, and the mental confusion and destruction of focus that comes my way. What is this strange and amorphous rhythm whose beat is the onset of utter incapacity that strikes me with sudden yet random intensity? I sense that somehow... There is a rhythm, a pattern, and I seek to find it. We number in the millions, and we're in good company. Michael J. Fox and Muhammad Ali. And we're all surfing the waves of the inevitable frustration and doing the best we can to stay open to life and its possibilities. And we can all stay bright-eyed and look to the future. Because the stem cells are coming. The stem cells are coming. And then a couple lines from this one. Today I saw an amazing thing. I was transfixed by a tiny, multifaceted, intricately contoured leaf. It floated effortlessly like a butterfly. And I thought it was a butterfly. It even looked like it had wings because it was fluttering as it moved. 
I reached out into the air above it to grab the suspected spiderweb. Oh, sorry, it was, it, was, it was suspended. It was a leaf suspended on a tiny spiderweb. That's what I thought it was. To grab the spiderweb, only to find nothing. Nothing to hold it there. I stared closer and realized it was being buffeted by wind patterns from several different directions at once. They were holding it suspended in motion in a small area, turning gently in one place. My body is a highway of unpleasant sensation, traveling back and forth, crisscrossing. I would despair, but the sunshine is so beautiful. The birds and the squirrels, so cheerful. And the college students all around, so full of life that I can't. Thank you. So, Dad, just, uh, we have a, uh, don't have much time for, for questions, but I just want to first ask you all to just uh, notice what your internal experience is right now. The, the places that your mind might go or your heart. How you can be here for, for Ben and for yourself. for life. So uh, maybe we have time for one question if there if there is anybody want to ask anything or say anything. Just uh, Ben wanted to know if there's anything else that uh, any comment or question. Yeah. Hi. Um, you mentioned the overwhelm, and I was just wondering how you how you deal with it. What do you What do you do? 
really, really hard because it's it's not just the emotion of overwhelm. It's like being frozen in suspended in quivering quivering half condensed tar. It's it's I've, I've never in my whole life been so exhausted. So it's yeah, what do I do with it? Sometimes I do nothing. I have bad days when I just can't move. Or when I try to move, I just shake, so I have to just deal with it. And I... I have no choice but to... I wouldn't say cultivate dispassion, because it's I'm not dispassionate, I hate it. I remember how I was, and I know, and I have... With these meds now, I have windows of time when I can function, so it's... I don't know how to deal with it. I ask myself that a lot. I just... I have no choice. So I find a way to get through the day. I'm wondering, in your wisest moments, are there times where it seems more accessible to deal with it? And if so, what goes on in your mind at that time? I try to use my breath and my my former life strategy and pre-disease strategy for dealing with things was to breathe and relax my body. But now I breathe and my body's... So relaxing my body isn't often an option. So I just have to stay as present as I can watch that's where the sense of humor comes in I think because I can at times not all the time sometimes laugh at this at this utterly bizarre out of control nightmare freak show that I'm in where my I'm a puppet it's being that's why it's this strange amorphous rhythm that I refer to. It's it's like there's a there's a light switch that switches on and off, and I can move and I can't, and it's so, yeah. One last thing is uh, it just occurs to me to ask what if anything you say you you've learned through this whole experience? And are you learning?
Well, in, in Asia, I had experiences that I would call deep meditation, spiritual experiences. It's been harder to contact those experiences in the States. I guess I thought about those questions earlier today when I was preparing for this. I have an appreciation now from years of forced march in I call it a forced march because it's forced meditation. I have no choice but to watch my mind go berserk and be as spacious as I can with that as my body flails around. So through years of, of that and of being as attentive as I can while it's all going down, I do at times experience my body racked with disability and pain and my mind going nuts, and yet I feel no suffering. So that's something I feel I've learned. Um, I feel joy sometimes. And I guess that's something I feel I've learned too because I... It's it's utterly incongruous, or it would seem utterly incongruous to feel joy while this is going on, but I do sometimes. Yeah. So the, the experience of that incongruity is something I've learned. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much, Ben, for wanting to come here and share who you are, what it's like in there, share your music and your heart. Yeah. Thank you very much. You're welcome. I want to say one more thing. This is, this is a, I don't know that I've learned this because it's, it's, it's not, I, I'm not identified with it, but I have sensed the sheer magic of life, that it arises at all, and the recognition that all life is holy through and through from the tiniest blade of grass to the mightiest whale to the human being. And so it's, it's the sheer magic. It's the, this moment, this moment of just, yeah, a recognition of, wow, life. So that's something I guess I've learned. That's a good place to end. Wow, life. Thank you. Let's just close with a, a very short loving kindness. And as you sit here, 
maybe get in touch with that. Wow, life, incomprehensible, mysterious. You might, we might reflect on all the people in the world going through similar circumstances. And all of us who in our own way work with the the first noble truth that they're suffering. And somehow accessing courage, caring, understanding, and love. May we all grow in those qualities and share our love well and let ourselves be touched by each other no matter what the situation or outward show, know that there's a a heart and a mind and a life force inside. May all beings find happiness and peace and may our coming here together be for the benefit of all. Thank you very much. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Robbie. Thanks, James. Thank you. Have a really great week. And uh, stack the chairs very neatly. James is here. Thanks. James, if you could just mention that. anyone wants the link to the YouTube video, um, Ben has some uh, something printed out in his contact information. And I know I actually went up to, uh, just looked on YouTube and put in Ben Rivers, Ben A. Rivers, Ben A. Rivers, that was it on YouTube, yeah. So here's a contact information, thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.